welcome to the Medical Menemist Podcast, your source for memory techniques and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Medical Nemesis Podcast. I'm your host, Chase DeMarco, and I wanted to cover a few different things today. So I know that I promised the recap episodes coming out soon, sort of summary episodes of the whole last year of the best topics and interviews that have been covered. And they're still being worked on, so hopefully that'll be out the first one anyway next week. For now, I've had some interesting topics brought up in the last couple of consults and tutoring sessions that I've hosted, one of which being that the story method, otherwise known as the journey method or the linking method, is not something that has been covered in great detail in a lot of past episodes. We often focus on the memory palace as sort of the main storage device of a lot of our visual mnemonics and mnemonics training in general, but how to actually create some of the visual markers, how to associate some to other topics, and how to create this interaction between them is something that could be explored and explained a lot better. So we're going to try to do that a little in this episode. For those that are interested in partaking in the tutoring sessions or getting a free 10-minute consult, you can do so by accessing my schedule in the show notes for this episode or go to freemeded.org slash tutoring. That's freemeded.org slash tutoring. And you can schedule a 10-minute free consult just to kind of discuss where you might want to go with your studies and if we would even be a good fit. Or you can go straight to a 30 or 60-minute tutoring session where we can just get into it and go over your points of interest and how we can potentially improve on those for your studies. So the journey method or the story method is basically a way to create a dynamic image set or a graphic depiction of something that's going on, either a process or associating certain topics to other topics, or really just a way to chunk information together. This was discussed a little bit back in episode three with Nelson Dellis, where he kind of gave an explanation of a journey method for remembering the presidents in sequential order. And episode 33 and 35 with Dr. Lev Goldentouch also went over his depiction of this, not so much focusing on the story itself, but how he uses an anchor marker, which is basically the main concept, and then linking markers, which are other visuals that you can link to that main topic. And through this chunking of information, you can get a lot of detail in each station within your palace. But sometimes when we need to remember something in chronological order or in a procedural order, such as a surgical procedure, which is something that a recent tutoring session brought up, using an actual story might be beneficial for this process. So we're going to cover that a little bit here. So I've been playing with the concept a bit more the past week or two myself, and here are some ways where I think you can start off using this type of mnemonic and how to begin your story and what main points you should really focus on in order to make them as strong as you can. One way in which you can do this is if you're discussing a procedure, such as a surgical procedure, and you want to remember X before Y before Z, well, write them out in the chronological order in which you need to remember them. Write out one line, you do this, then you do that. Write out another line where you continue on from there, so on and so forth, until you have the entire procedure down, or at least the main points that you might possibly mix up. Remember, with mnemonics, we don't necessarily want to add every bit of detail because it takes a while and it takes a lot of mental energy to create the visuals. So you really want to focus on the parts that are confusing you, the parts that are tricky. 
Once you have this written out, you can start to make your visual associations, your visual markers for each topic. For instance, if you had to hypothetically for some purpose cut from the sternum to the xiphoid process in a patient in a surgical setting, you could try to visualize the actual cutting itself, or you can associate it with something else that is similar, kind of like the PEG system where we have the sounds like, looks like, seems like, we're making these associations. So instead of actually picturing the procedure being done, although if that works for you, stick with it and don't go through the extra effort and this extra step, but if you're having trouble picturing the actual procedure in order, then maybe think of an association. So I think one we came up to on a similar topic was skiing downhill. So you're starting at the top of the peak and working your way down to the bottom of the ski lift. So that sort of action of cutting the mountain with the skis on its way down the mountain act as a reminder that fit into the rest of our skit for cutting from up to down or from sternum to xiphoid. I should really say from the top of the sternum to the xiphoid. And doing this for procedural knowledge can be a little tricky. I think even back in episode two and three, actually, that reminds me, episode four was Nelson Dellis. Episode two and three was with Alex Mullen and Kathy Chan from Mullen Memory. And even they said that they had some difficulties coming up with mnemonics for step two and clinical type of material because the procedural stuff is much more complicated, it seems, at times to create these visual mnemonics for than just rote memory facts. But I think there's a way we can still use this in a very strong, a very robust way. And besides the procedural aspect, which we just gave an example for, let's think of it in another way. How about if you're studying for step two and you need to remember all of the different treatments, the different diagnostic tests that can be done, a lot of different signs and symptoms of the patient, presentation, and all of these other facts that go along with it. You might want to start off with writing out some sort of mind map or even a concept map if you don't want to get that artistic with it, where the center point, the center concept is going to be your main anchor marker, and then the branches out are going to be your linking markers. How you organize these branching points and how you decide what is going to be your main concept or your anchor marker is really up to you. But one way that I've found very productive, at least for step two materials, is to make the actual disease the center focus. So using hypertension, using angina, using myocardial infarction, using those center points that we really need to focus on because the treatment revolves around that disease or process. The diagnostic testing revolves around that disease or process. The potential microbes that could be a, a cause of it, such as infective endocarditis, is going to be a linking marker, but the infective endocarditis is going to be the center point, the center theme. So that's how I would recommend organizing these beforehand if you decide to schedule it out and organize it that way. You could really start off with writing out a simple table or an Excel sheet where you list all of the main diseases in cardiology, all the main diseases in endocrinology, and then as time allows, go through and fill it out with an anchor marker that really sticks with it. You can then go through and add the different linking markers that you particularly need to remember and start creating visuals for those linking markers. Now, I'm going to give you some examples in a minute, but the linking markers that I pick might not be the same ones that you need to remember. Remember, this is all about specializing it to your needs. That's how you're going to get the most benefit out of these types of trainings. So if I wanted to pick cardiology as a subject, and we can have hypertension, we can have angina, we can have myocardial infarction, we can have tons and tons of different diseases, right? But 
Let's take angina, for instance. What is the first visual that comes in your mind when you think of angina? What is a way that you can separate that word, maybe, and create something that that creates a visual image for you? Well, for instance, you could say ant-gina. You can separate the word. And instead of sticking just with that, we want to make it something interesting, so maybe a giant ant. Something very simple like that is just a play on words. You can divide it up however suits you best. There are some recommended rules for that. I think Timothy Moser covered that a little bit more in episode 20, I believe. But whatever sticks out to you right now is going to be the strongest association you can make. So utilize it. And you can always change this later. Another one that I use for that sometimes is the mispronunciation of aunt as aunt, so Aunt Gina, which then gives me a physical character as well. So now we can actually use this giant ant or this Aunt Gina as our center character, as our anchor marker, and the actions that they produce or the actions that are being done to them or the objects that are associated with them in the image or in the visual now become linking markers to the story we're going to create with these characters. So I actually pulled up a few very, very basic examples. Well, at least the first one is here from my old notes. And I still go through these sometimes and create visual mnemonics for them just to practice, really, because it's really difficult to associate some of these terms and concepts with medicine. If you've listened to any other medical mnemonics type material, you'll know how difficult it is. And a lot of students want to learn really the step-by-step process. So here's a process that I use anyway. I'll start with using a cube bank or something. And granted, this is going to be more towards your dedicated step one or your step two study prep, where you're really focusing on these cube banks. But you can do it before that. Or you can also, if you're earlier on in your education, utilize this for the material that you're probably going to cover in class. Either way, material that you get incorrect, at least for me, I try to add it to an Anki flashcard deck. Now I'll go through and set up my repetitions as I've discussed in previous episodes, and I'm trying to make in future episodes not only uh, more narrative episodes for it, but also video tutorials that you'll be able to go see at youtube.com slash freemeded. But what I would do is add it in, depending on the type of flashcard you're looking for, for this material, add a few images if you can find some, which shouldn't be that difficult in this day and age, copy and paste it in there. And if you could think of a mnemonic right then and there to add that as well. So a very simple one is, I was having trouble remembering the contraindication to the medication olanzapine. Well, the contraindication ends up being weight gain in bulimia. So the association here is this drug, olanzapine, with weight gain. What can I use just as a quick visual? This isn't going into the full story method yet, just to make a visual marker for this topic. Well, olanzapine can sound like many things, and for some reason my mind went straight to alanzi. Uh, which is something that anyone that's a Doctor Who fan might remember David Tennant yelling in a few different episodes. So these are, of course, going to be personal to me, as yours should be to you. I do a lot of sci-fi and movie references, a lot of music references in mine as well. So I picture Doctor Who yelling LNZ like he does in the show, and then runs into a giant adipose, which this isn't just a general adipose cell. There are actual characters in the show during his that are cute little squishy, walking around, eyes talking, or making noises anyway, adipose creatures. So he's running into a giant one of these. Completely ridiculous, right? But that's the point. It's supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed to be visual and personal to you. It's supposed to stand out. That is an image that will stick in my head pretty well. And now I know Alan Z, Alan Zapin, running into a fat cell, 
well, okay, there's some association there between olanzapine and fat, or olanzapine and weight gain. So now I have a visual marker that I can place somewhere. And I can use this visual marker and continue with the story later on if there's more I need to attach to it, such as other side effects of the drug or other contraindications that might arise as information is updated. Or I can just use this visual marker and place it somewhere in my memory palace. Okay, so let's continue on a little bit more with the story method in particular. And an example that I came up with uh, was for hypertension. So my general character for hypertension is the Tasmanian Devil from the Looney Tunes series. And why is that? Well, just in my mind, the first thing that came to mind when I heard hyper was the Tasmanian Devil, you know, spinning around in circles, really hyped up, and he happens to be wearing suspenders. Suspenders adding tension to pants that he's wearing. Hypertension. There we go. We have a character. Yours is probably going to be very different. Use whatever comes to your mind when you think of hypertension. But if you have some sort of character as opposed to an inanimate object, or if you can turn an object into an animated character, then you have a lot more ability with the actions they perform throughout the story. So again, I don't know what the actual QBank question was, but the principle I took away from it that I wanted to really solidify was I asked myself, what may diuretics exacerbate in a patient with hypertension and low renin levels? Now, if you already know the answer, you don't need to worry about this mnemonic. You already have it in your mind. Don't go through extra work. Don't recreate them if you already have the material in your head. If you're asking yourself, what the hell is he talking about? This is indicative of primary hyperaldosteronism, and diuretics is bad because it can cause hypokalemia in these patients. So this one's going to be a bit complicated. We have a lot of facts that we need to be concerned about. We have hypertension, which should be a character, in my opinion, should be a anchor marker. We have the low renin levels, which would be a linking marker. We have primary hyperaldosteronism, which can be difficult when we're talking about the endocrine disorders because we often have primary, secondary, tertiary that we need to differentiate, but we also have hyper and hypo of a lot of these hormone levels that we need to differentiate. So aldosterone is going to be my main character, my anchor marker, and then I'm going to need a linking marker to associate hyper or hypo, and then another one to indicate if it's primary or secondary, etc. And in this particular question, just to make it a little more complicated, we want to associate it with the fact that diuretics, the treatment in hypertension, is going to be the cause of something bad. And in this case, it's going to be the cause of hypokalemia. So we have two more linking markers there to associate with this primary anchor marker of hypertension, but we also kind of have the secondary anchor marker of aldosterone. So this is how I approached it. The Tasmanian devil has a box of raisins in his hand, raisins being my linking marker for renin, just because they sound kind of similar. For some reason, that's what popped in my mind. And it's almost empty, so it indicates that low renin with hypertension. Now we have that association as a bundle. This sends him into a frenzy, and he collides with Al Bundy, which is a character from Married with Children that for some reason I use for aldosterone. Never mind what I use and why. You're going to want to pick your own markers. I want to really emphasize the association between the markers in this example. So he collides with Al Bundy, who's running up a staircase, and he has a power thirst can in his hand. Some of you might have seen the parody YouTube videos of power thirst. It's a fake energy drink. Al falls down, squishing two bags of urine that are around his ankles, and lands on a browned banana peel. Okay, so this sounds really weird. So what I'm doing here is 
I have the initial association of the Tasmanian Devil with his box of raisins that's almost empty, so low renin, low amount of raisins, and then sends him into a frenzy. He collides with the secondary character, which in this case is aldosterone, because here we have two diseases. This is a little tricky, little complicated first example, but try to follow with me here. And he's running up a staircase. So here I get Al Bundy plus stairs or aldosterone. So it's kind of reinforcing that Al Bundy and aldosterone connection there. You can use reinforcing linking markers such as that too to make sure that if you have one initially that's a little maybe weak or a little complicated, that the secondary marker, in this case the staircase, reminds me that Al going upstairs is aldosterone. And the reason he's holding a power thirst can is because it's an energy drink. What does that do? It makes you hyper. So it's hyper aldosterone. And if it was secondary hyper aldosterone, then I would have a different mark. I would give him two cans or a two liter of this power thirst fake energy drink. Instead, he's just holding one can in this scene. So I can visualize this scene, this kind of animated cartoony scene, and I have all these different markers associating with each other. And then he falls down, squishing two bags of urine around his ankles, kind of like catheter urine bags, collection bags that you'll see around patients' ankles. And it's two bags because it's diurine or diuretic. So kind of a play on words there, the two bags being dye and then uretic. And then lands on a brown banana peel. Why is it brown? Well, the banana reminds me of potassium, which is kalemia, and it's brown. So it's kind of, it's degraded. It's lower than its normal state. It's hypo. So we have a brown banana being hypokalemic. So now if you can picture a scene as crazy as that, if you can create something similar to that, you now have probably, what do we cover, eight, nine different topics within this really brief scene. It takes a long time for me to say the scene, but you could picture this in a fraction of a second in your head. And this is where the power of these techniques come. And this is a story method because we're creating a story of the Tasmanian devil with his raisins, and then he gets mad and he hits Al Bundy, who falls on the stairs, bursts you know, a bag of urine, and there's a banana peel there, or he slips on a banana peel, however you want to organize it. The point is all the linking markers are associated with their main markers or their anchor markers, and the two anchor markers are connecting with each other. So this is connecting the two disease processes in this type of complex question. Now you can also place this story somewhere within your memory palace if you already have one created for one of these topics. You can place it in the endocrine section, or you can place it in the cardiology section, or both. It's really up to how you want to design it. The point being, you now have a lot of actions going on here, a lot of associations that are going to be important to remember for exams. And I don't know about you, but cardiology and endocrinology were always pretty complicated for me. So any assistance on remembering all the minutiae and the different heart murmurs and the different directions that hormone levels go is going to be very, very beneficial. I'm not going to go over an entire another example because it just takes too long to explain these in this type of format, in this audio format without showing any visuals or anything. But there's another question that I wanted to bring up. Uh, just another design concept that you might want to be aware of. A lot of times for especially step one material, but sometimes in step two material, you'll run into a lot of categories of either processes or categories of different diseases or reasons behind a disease. For instance, causes of hypertension. You have renal disease, renal vascular, or renal parenchymal disease, renal vascular disease, 
aldosterone levels, pheochromocytoma, Cushing's, hypothyroidism, parahypothyroidism can also do it, coarctation of the aorta. There's a bunch of different side categories that you might want to associate with this main disease. In this case, uh, the question was on resistant hypertension. What are things we're worried about if the patient's already on three medications and they still have hypertension? Well, it's probably going to be one of these categories. So we can reuse our Tasmanian devil for hypertension as the main anchor marker, but now we have all these diseases. Now we have all these other anchor markers too. So kind of the scene that I had is I grouped them into three different subgroups that make sense to me, mainly arterial causes, renal causes, and endocrine or tumor causes. And then I had him fending off these three groups, which each disease in each group had its own anchor marker. So basically it looks like a cartoon scene where three groups are attacking the Tasmanian devil and he's fending them off. He's resistant to them. So this is just another way in which you can organize material and things to be aware of and with medicine, it's infinitely complex. So a lot of times anyone studying languages or studying memory championship type of topics will not go into this sort of depth or might not have the right tools for this type of material. Mnemonics are very tool-based. There's a ton out there we can use and alter to suit our needs. And the hardest part is finding how to use it for this material. So I hope that helped a little explaining the story method, the journey method, linking method, and how to create visual markers specifically for medicine. You can also see a recent video that I released on our YouTube page. It covers memory palaces for medical school, and I go over a lot of specifically in that microbiology materials. And you'll notice that when I was making these microbiology mnemonics, I created characters there. So when I was focused on that discipline-based material, then I created characters or main characters or anchor markers for each bacterium, which is kind of counterproductive for what I just said to do for these disease-based things. So you might have to adjust as well. You might create some early on in your first year or two that will have to be altered later on. Or if you're already past your first year or two, you might benefit from not going back and creating markers for a lot of the material that you already have down. It's really independent. It's really up to you. It depends on what you need and how your brain works. But if you would like personal tutoring on these types of topics, see where some of your weaknesses might be, not just for mnemonics, but for study efficiency, for test-taking skills. We cover a lot of the material in our tutoring sessions from the book, Read This Before Medical School, including our MedEdge method. So all of those can be reached, again, by hitting the link in the show notes or going to freemeded.org slash tutoring. It's freemeded.org slash tutoring. And they're very, very reasonable prices. I think I have it set at basically a dollar a minute right now. So you can get an hour for 60 minutes versus most of the tutoring out there I think I've seen is about 300, 350 an hour. So I hope to see you there. And either way, we will have some really good recap episodes coming out over the next few weeks. And interspersed will be a few more interviews that I have planned. And once all that's done, I will finally get around to the flashcard creation series and tutorial videos that I've been wanting to make for some time. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do leave a comment. Let us know if you like this material, if you want more of it. I appreciate everyone that reaches out. Really do. I'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
For links to connect to us, email us, or for previous episodes, please see the show notes. We'd also love to hear from you, so please send an email or join us on the Medical Anemonist Mastermind Facebook group. Any ideas, tips, tricks, people that you'd like to hear interviewed, we'd love to hear it. Any advice to make the show better and more enjoyable would be greatly appreciated. 